As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Sift Spoil for Relic. We're going to give you all the hanging threads, romances, jokes, Easter eggs, cameos, deaths, resurrections, or post-credit sequences. They all die. For <laughs> Relic. Um, yeah, so let's let's start here um, with this movie uh, at the end, which I really loved uh, how deep and meaningful it is. Through this whole movie... Uh, you get a sense of some sort of demon shadow that is chasing uh, this woman and that her daughter and granddaughter uh, are, you know, uh, kind of in this house and starting to kind of awaken to this demon and having to, to deal with it. And then at the very end of the movie, the daughter decides to stay behind with, uh, you know, her demon-possessed mother and very tenderly... Uh, removes the skin uh, from her until she is just a shadow, you know, a shadow demon, which is kind of what we've seen before. And then the daughter, or the granddaughter, I should say, comes in and lays next to them and sees that there's a mark growing on her mother's back that resembles uh, kind of the decay that the house has and that her grandmother uh, succumbed to. And uh, it was shortly before that that I started to realize that this was about dementia, that this was a metaphor yeah. for growing old in dementia. And honestly, part of um, that deep meaning for me is to is watching my mom deal with her mom. Uh, and that has been very recent. My grandmother passed away uh, within the last year or two. And uh, there was a long time of dealing with dementia and loss of memory and um, just the changes that come with that. And I started re-seeing the rest of the movie through that lens, and there's so many clues to this metaphor throughout the movie. You know, the, the, yeah. post, the post-it notes that, you know, remember to turn off the faucet, those kind of things. Um, the idea that, that she's eating memories, you know, the, the idea that those are uh, disappearing for her, um, you know, there's uh, at one at one point she uh, urinates on herself. You know, like there's there the movie is almost b- 
blatantly about the process of dementia, but you're so tuned into the d- demon part of it that you relate it to that instead of how your brain would naturally see that. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's the big metaphor. A- Andrew, what was your experience in realizing that and kind of seeing different clues, different things like that? Well, I was initially, like, pretty early on, that's kind of what I was leaning towards. Like, oh, maybe it's dementia and stuff like that. But then the movie kind of, I would say, shies away or pushes away from that just to not have that reveal then, I guess. Because the daughter, or the granddaughter starts, you know, going through the house, you know, and uh, hearing things. And I'm like, well, it can't be dementia if it's affecting the granddaughter. And then the granddaughter starts seeing the house morph, you know, towards the end of this movie. And she's, like, trapped in it. And then the mother's trapped in it, too. And it becomes much more of a cliched horror film. But I think that they would have pushed, like, pushed that aside and just leaned more towards, you know, just the shadowy figure uh, walking around as opposed to the house being animated. Mm -hmm. Then I think it would have made more sense and I would have been much more uh uh accept or not accessible but uh uh understanding of the movie and what it was trying to say but I think that the movie wanted to sh- shadow and hide its true intentions until the end which I'm not saying doesn't work I agree with you 100% the ending of this movie is very powerful of them all laying next to each other you know mm-hmm. and yeah three generations you know, yeah, because the uh, the person you knew, you know, that person is gone, and now you're left with this this shell, this shadowy mm-hmm. presence of who you once knew. You can kind of see glimpses, but it's unfortunately it's not the same person. But your love for that person that they once were will always be there, so you you'll stick with them. And Emily Mortimer staying behind is what turns this movie from me just not liking it at all to like, oh, this is, it's saying something. Mm -hmm. And the movie is is saying something really powerful. Yeah. It's just, I think that it's trying to be hidden. It it gets caught up in its own love of jump scares, I guess you could say, that it in parts forgets what it's trying to say. Yeah, it's making a very purposeful comparison of dementia to an actual horror movie demon right and so again i think a a lot of those tropes probably at the end of the day are intentional um the the house thing i saw as a way to indicate how you want to run away when this is happening to someone you love you don't want to be there you Mm. don't it changes so much about that environment that it becomes suffocating that it becomes something you don't recognize um so I think, you know, I think the house thing is about that, is about the um, the being present for somebody who's going through that. Uh, and if you see dementia as demon possession, you know, this idea, and that's what makes the end so powerful when she decides to come back in this house, is that she is, she is choosing, you know, the love of this person over the demon that has possessed this person. Um, and, and so I think that's what the house was about, uh, and, and the trying to escape the house and then eventually deciding to come back in. And, um, so yeah, so I, I just, it it really changed 
every everything I thought about this movie, and I'm just I'm having trouble wrestling with the fact that I was rolling my eyes through so much of it, and then and then it hit me with a, a beautiful revelation, and it doesn't change the fact that I didn't really uh, connect with this movie for ninety percent of the movie. That really happened. That genuinely happened. Uh, I was not connecting to it. I it was just another trope, and then you know. The question is, is that last 10% enough to redeem the 90%? And it might be. Like I said, my, my opinion keeps changing uh, as I keep wrestling with it. But um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, there's <clears throat> there's scenes like uh, early on when uh, the mother, I forget her name, the grandmother, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. comes back and she starts to... Edna. Act like a child. She's like uh, Edna. Yeah, thank you. Uh, she's like, uh, there's something under the bed, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And because <clears throat> sometimes, you know, whenever you're dealing with dementia, it feels like you're uh, taking care of a child, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there's other parts of the movie where I'm like, but what? How does this tie in? And maybe you don't. Maybe like for example, there's a scene where Emily Mortimer walks downstairs to see her mom standing next to uh, the front door and as she's walking the demon is like following her from mm-hmm. behind yeah and then when you think that uh, Edna is like we're seeing the back of her we're actually seeing the front of her she just has her hair over her face mm-hmm. which I'm not gonna lie that scene actually kind of got me I'm like oh that was actually kind of creepy I'm, yeah. that was a really good yeah, it was the way fairly, they did that. Yeah, that was that wasn't tropey. That was a fairly unique kind of uh, scare yeah that was good yeah but I just don't know like how that I, I'm using that as an example of something I don't understand how that is serving either the metaphor or the story and is just there to go, ooh, spooky. So I, I will give you my understanding. Again, that's all I can do. Um, yeah. The, the, what I think we're feeling, what we're supposed to feel in that moment is that Kay, uh, the Emily Mortimer character, is starting to understand both with the bed looking under the bed and in that where the the you know there's a a shadow behind her she's starting to feel the presence of a of a real thing that is happening and she's having to come to terms with that that something bad is happening you know that Mm. like she's she's having to find her way out of denial um and in the processing of what's going on because when you're dealing with somebody who is especially in those first stages of dementia it's perfect for a lot of the time everything's fine for a lot of the time and then there are just those moments where it's like this is scary what's going on how why are you standing by the front door in the middle of the night and not remembering why that's a very real thing right like that yeah. could very real happen and so it's in those moments the shadowy presence is there to indicate that you know this demon is coming and she, you know she's going to have to deal with the reality of that so it's you know it, it the the possession of of that demon is the um the transition to dementia and so that's i think that's what it's supposed to indicate yeah that makes sense yeah yeah i listen i i i think this is i think this is a really smart movie and i think it's really well done and uh i I know that I'm going to continue to process it, and um, and I think it, it really is one of those things where it's quite possible that the the last ten percent completely redeems the movie. Um, but I, I'm just still wrestling with it. Yeah, uh, something we didn't talk about <clears throat> in a podcast proper. 
I think the sound, like the score for this movie, is very, you know, basic and just bass, you know, just... Mm-hmm. Wow, but mm-hmm. it works. I think that the uh, the sound design for this is really good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it's a it's a it's a really well done film. I think I've already convinced myself that I'm in the liked it category. Uh, you can probably hear mm-hmm. it in my in the way I talk about the movie, but I I think in real time uh, recording the podcast in this uh, sift spoil, you've seen me go from. <laughs> mid side of it's okay to high side of it's okay to low side of liked it so you know I'll, I'll probably be firmly in the liked it maybe high side of liked it uh within a couple weeks uh which is kind of the beauty of movies right like they can yeah. they can take their time and they can they can have impact so um so yeah i i uh i think i've convinced myself that i like this movie now so how about that there you go <laughs> it's gonna be in your top hundred movies before that's we know right, it. That's right. Next week it'll be uh my number one movie of all time. Uh no, yeah. I don't I don't see that happening. Sorry, singing in the rain. <laughs> that's right. Oh my goodness, could there be two two different movies? Uh <laughs> thank you so much for uh checking out the the Civ Spoil with us. Um I would love to hear your thoughts on this movie as well. Maybe those little pieces of the metaphor that you caught that we didn't mention. I'd love to love to hear those. Let us know. Feedback at sifpop.com. Uh until next time, we'll see you then. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.